I'm your host, Hayden. I'm your host, Justice. And we are the only hope. Welcome to the show about nothing and everything Star Wars all at once. It's like the Seinfeld sitcom of Star Wars podcasts. There will be moments of absolute nerdgasms and moments where I grab an aborigine wind instrument and make a podcast intro. We're just two scruffy looking nerf herders that take Star Wars way too seriously. The archives. The Jedi Archives. Controversial topics are always my favorite topics to bring up. And as Star Wars fans, none of us are new to the controversy deeply intertwined in the fan base. So let's talk controversy. Yeah, you know where this is going. Let let's talk about why the Jedi aren't really that good. Sure, the Sith aren't good guys either, but we know that. We don't talk too much about the hypocrisy and the villainy of our boys in blue and green and purple and orange and yellow and well you get the point it seems to me that the jedi are arrogant to the point that they can't see past their beliefs even though they follow them very loosely their arrogance causes their own members to split off and oppose them and then they end up creating their own enemies Time and time again, this happens through the course of almost 30,000 years, and they never seem to learn. So where do we start? Let's let's take it back to the year 36,453 BBY, a time before the Jedi and Lords of the Sith, before the genocides, before the Fire Nation attacked, to the Tithons, the Jedi, the force wielders of Tython, to understand the fall we have to first understand the beginning. Now, this isn't the beginning of force wielders, but this is a time of balance. You have eight Thoyor, which are like pyramid ships. Well, like two pyramids slapped together. Monoliths, technically. You know, du duality, as above, so below. Travel the galaxy, collecting force sensitives and bringing them to Tython. Tython was a chaotic force imbalanced planet that had two moons. Ashla, the bright satellite, or the light side moon, and Bogan, the dark side moon. And then the balance, or the Bindu, uh, that was missing was what the force wielders were brought to Tython for. Waiting on Tython, there was a ninth monolith that was much larger. Now, each of these monoliths, besides the ninth, collected specific types of force sensitives. They each served a purpose and once on Tython resulted in the construction of corresponding temples. I also want to point out that these monoliths were likely sentient, created by the Force and piloted by the Force. Since the Force is the basis of hyperspace travel, it's likely that these monoliths weren't actually jumping to light speed so much as they were literally tel teleporting. So... Let's break down the nine monoliths that resulted in the nine temples of Tython. Up first, Akar Kesh, the temple of balance where the ninth and largest monolith hovered above. This temple looks exactly like the seeing stone in the Mandalorian TV show. Pillars and all. Coincidence? Yeah, I think not. I think uh, not. <laughs> 
the monolith that once hovered above the seeing stone? Could this be the mortis monolith that taught our dear chosen one about balance and his destiny? I think so. But I think so. <laughs> but that's just a well thought out, beautiful theory. Anyways, this temple is where our Jedi learned, meditated, and studied the balance of the Ashla and the Bogan, the light and dark sides of the Force, not the moons, but also the moons. Next, we have Anil Kesh, the Temple of Science. Metachlorians. Sorry. Anyways, uh, what I find extremely ironic with this one is it's not the Temple of Balance even though its entire construction revolves around balance. And that was a pun because its corresponding Thoyor continuously revolved, orbited the, this temple. Perched upon three peaks above a chaotic chasm of force storms were three arches that connected to this orb-like temple that had three counterbalancing arches that both aided the foundational arches and worked as com communication arrays. The orb is where you would find laboratories and researchers and conducting the, ah, conducting experiments. Every time I read or like say laboratories, I always think of Dexter's laboratory and I'm just like laboratory. Ooh, what does this button do? <laughs> Messes me up every single Did time. Did you idiot? <laughs> so then we have Bodhi, the temple of the arts. Bodhi meaning awakened or enlightened in reference to Buddhism. This is where we learn about the arts, obviously. And it's also the places that housed ancient artifacts of the once great empires like the Kwa and the Rakatan. Kwa? I, I think the Kwa was still around. I'm not sure. I, I know they weren't on Tython anymore, but I think I they know. were still around. I have no idea. I feel like I either read or maybe have some notes on the Kwa, but I'm not really sure, honestly. Well, because you had you had the Qua and the Gri, and the Gri were like these technologically advanced uh, species that they actually uh, helped build Coruscant into what they were, what it became. Wow. Whereas the Qua were very, they were like hippies. They were very all about nature and that stuff. So I don't know. Anyways, after that we have Kalith, the Temple of Knowledge. Kalith meaning sanctum built upon the ruins of an ancient temple built by the Qua species. Qua? Qua? It was the repository of knowledge and wisdom for generations. It is also the site where all major decisions and meetings were held. It's not really mentioned what happened to the corresponding monolith, so I imagine it probably nested in the ground nearby or floated above. Who knows? But where is it now? No clue. The temple was laid to waste, ruin after preceding conflicts, but Justice is going to cover that, so I'm not going to steal your thunder. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Moving on, we have Maharakesh, the Temple of Healing. This one is equally interesting and ironically hilarious. So in the middle of the ocean, they constructed an island and temple in and around the Thoyur. They then constructed eight smaller pillars pyramids around the top half of the Thoyer. So it's kind of a representation of the nine monoliths. It housed medical facilities and everything you'd expect from a temple of healing. Except, and this is the funny part, it hosted massive laser cannons as a defensive measure. 
like they're like so anyway i started blasting <laughs> i'm sorry i just it's 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 great also imagine being on the other side of the planet and your wife's water breaks <laughs> hold that baby in honey we gotta speed to the equator the pregnant woman erupts with retorts then the dude's just like i don't know how you're supposed to do it just just do it use the force or something god well the really funny thing is like part of the jedi's like i mean you probably already knew about this but part of their like uh i know everything okay whatever. <laughs> part of their like rite of passage or you know like kind of their jedi trial was to visit each um temple and then eventually they'll become like a knight or whatever but like <laughs> imagine like having a baby and having to go through like we gotta we gotta get this kid to the speed course you have to go like every like all the nine temples before we can go to like the <laughs> the medical one to finally have him she's like just get us there it's it's the journey honey we we gotta go to all the temples you gotta hold it's the it. jedi way <laughs> yeah we he, he, he's gotta do it <laughs> but all right speaking of kids and stuff uh we have padawan cash the learning and housing facility of the younglings don't worry Anakin was not alive yet to warrant safety concerns. Had he been, this temple might have also hosted massive laser cannons. Hopefully. <laughs> then there's, and I love this, uh, then there's Qui-Gon Kesh. Qui-Gon with a G at the end. This is the temple of boxing, acting, and all things Liam Neeson. Kidding. This is the temple of force skills. This temple was erected in the silent desert and was where they would focus on honing force powers and stuff. So, like, they wore blindfolds in the quiet place. That sounds... Vaguely familiar? Like, there was mm. a movie on it? Like, a really boring movie? Yeah, uh, anyways. It was really boring. It was just, like, not one I would I'd... particularly watch again. <laughs> Fair. Our, our seventh stop on this lengthy information dump is Stavkesh. The Temple of the Martial Arts. The Thoyur nested just below the temple erected at the summit of a frozen mountain range. This temple is self-explanatory, but I do think this should have been called Qui-Gon Kesh, given Liam's boxing history and the fact he, that he was Ra's al Ghul and had a nin ninja brewery in the snow caps. Missed opportunities. Whatever. And lastly, Yur Tepe or simply the forge. This is where we learn about metalworking and all things engineering and such. Literally built alongside or inside a volcano. Literally. Fire. <laughs> we, we have our temples and we have our force wielders. We have balance. What could go wrong? Well, it turns out balance isn't easy, but balance was necessary for life on Tython. If balance wasn't kept, natural disasters would wreak havoc on the planet. Force lightning storms galore. After a while, they had to start putting Unlimited power! Yeah, except a planet saying that versus, like, some old creepy dude. After a while, they had to start putting people in timeout. Rehab, really. Which, whichever side you lean too heavily on, you were banished to the opposing moon. But let's be honest. I'm pretty sure the Ashland moon had a lot more frequent flyers than the Bogan seem a bit extreme well then through time and struggle the balance weakened after a major disaster the jedi decided to banish the non-force wielders from the planet 
including the children of force wielders. So like literally, Oh, you just had a baby. Uh, they're not force sensitive. Bye. That, that, that might make some people a little upset, a little angry, a little passionate. Maybe they might be suffering. <laughs> they might hate people who did that to him. Yeah. They might, Spend a little extra time on the the Ashla Moon, but I'm so like, freaking mad right now. You you'd have to put me in carbonite, wrap wrap that in Beskar iron, and lock me away in the core of the Ashla Moon if you tried to take my kid from me. I'm just saying. That's fair. That's fair. Something interesting I found out um, while we're talking about the Thor, uh, Thoyor, sorry, and pyramid ships and everything. It's uh, kind of crazy because apparently they were kind of spread out throughout the galaxy before they all, you know, came to on Tython. Like there was one on some planet called Endo Prime and Kashyyyk and Manon, uh, Ryloth and Dathomir for a couple of them. Love Dathomir. And I know. And it's just like, man, there's so much history behind. I mean, not, not history, but like, you know, there's just like everything just seems like connected. It's crazy. But no. So, like, they uh, apparently just kind of departed from this planet and started collecting Force users throughout the galaxy. They eventually got to Tython, and that's when they all kind of met up and then settled in wherever their spots were on Tython, apparently. Did you know that? I bet you didn't. I, I, I might have known a little bit, and I might be full of shit. I don't know. You'll never know. That's all I had to say about that. Gotcha. All right, so... So before the Force Wars kind of happened, there was this thing called uh, the Force Saber that I want to talk about for a sec. It was uh, apparently created thousands of years before any of like the Thoyor or anything was even like even happened um, by the Rakata, apparently, which used Force Hounds uh, that went and hunted down Force rich worlds. These force hounds used a special weapon called a force saber, which required a special form of laboratory grown crystals and some form of like, I think dark side alchemy to shape them like the crystals. So, so it's kind of like the synthetic Kyber crystals or whatever, but not synthetic Kyber crystals. Kind of. I, I was reading this comic that was uh, Vader, how Vader got his saber, and he killed a Jedi, took the crystal, and then corrupted it by just, you know, doing a bunch of evil shit, you know, Vader shit, basically. So It tracks. Yeah, I guess it's kind of like the same concept. But, um, so, with that, they channeled dark side energy into a glowing energy blade. And then, skip forward however long, a Jedi named Dagon Locke had a force vision of a blade made of fire. A force hound eventually crash-landed onto Tython and was banned to the moon of Bogan by Jedi Masters. And Locke, I guess, went to the moon and found the force hound, Zesh, I think, and yeah. try to have him construct a saber as proof of his vision to the Jedi Order. 
And since it took dark side energy to use, the Force Saber put every Jedi at risk of succumbing to the dark side with each use. Because of this, there was a great divide in the Jedi Order of those who did and did not want to use the Force Saber. It apparently can be said the Force Saber was a catalyst of the great divide between the light and dark side of the Force. So pretty much like the first thing that kind of split, you know, the Jedi, the Jedi Order kind of down the middle, I guess. And you probably get a guess already, but it would, it pretty much provided the first kind of means to a prototype for the lightsabers used by the actual Jedi Order later on. Yeah. Basically, the lightsaber is a dark side weapon. Yeah, that I, I'm glad you said that because I that's what I read uh, at, that stuck out to me the most when I read about them, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh my god, this like confirms so much that like I already kind of thought, but I was like, yes. I mean, yes. it makes it makes so much sense now, and it's just it's crazy like going through all this other stuff that like doesn't really pertain to what we talk about in the podcast all the time, but still kind of connects, you know, like. I was talking about with Vader and like corrupting his crystal. It's kind of like the same thing. Like putting dark side energy in, into it. You know, it's still the same concept even after 30,000 years. Yeah. That is perfect. That was, wow. yeah. And I find it funny that it was listed as like, this was the first kind of catalyst or whatever for the split. But then like, you know, you have the migrations of non-force sensitives, the force migrations, the trails trails of tears off the planet yeah yeah right (laughs) and for anyone listening that is going through school nowadays the trail of tears was not a good thing and look it up because they don't teach it in school anymore and i find that wild well you know this is america and we don't want people to know what all the shady things we did kind of like the jedi yeah pretty much good old republic All right, now moving back to the Force Wars. So Jedi Master Dagon Locke and his companion Hawk Rio descended into the Chasm, which was known to interfere with Jedi senses. The Chasm was a large canyon under the Anil Kesh, or Temple of Science on Tython. Locke and Rio were overcome by a terrible Force vision of an army of dark wars wielding blades of frozen fire across a planet in Tython. And in across a planet in the Tython system. After being driven mad by their visions, Master Locke and Rio were brought to the Jedi Council for questioning. The Council did not believe Locke about his vision and banished him to the moon of Bogan to regain balance and renounce his vision. And I'm not really sure what happened, but Wikipedia kind of just mentions him being exiled for being crazy, which doesn't... So, kind of like what happened with Sifo-Dyas, how he would have all these force visions, like to the point that he was basically insane. And the Jedi were like, nope, you're crazy. He told them everything that was going to happen. They're like, nope, nope, you're crazy. That would never happen. Which goes back to the the Jedi's arrogance of like, oh, well, we're Jedi and we see force visions and we know everything. And like nobody, not even the chosen one can bring us down. The dark side of the force so clouded (laughs) what can what do they be what could they be trying to do (laughs) forgetting the fact that the force is just the force like how you utilize it makes it light or dark but the The force force is the force of course of course yeah (laughs) but like 
it's the force. So it's not that the dark side is clouded. It's you just can't sit there like you're not you can't communicate with the force because you're messing up. Anyways, that's that's all. Well, I think I read or saw or heard somewhere that um, the reason why the Jedi couldn't really see very well when they're in the temple is because the Jedi temple on Coruscant sat above an old Sith temple or some artifacts or something like that. Like well, it was built over some Sith shit, like super powerful on the dark side, obviously dark side, obviously. So like it just clouded their vision. Well, like it was given to them. And this is later on. I think I, I have this in my notes. I can't remember exactly, but I did read this, that mountain that the temple is on, even though you can't really tell it's a mountain because of how, urban yeah well how urban the coruscant is it was given to them by one of the republics and like so it was originally a jedi temple but then you know war after war it became a sith temple at a time then it became Mm -hmm. a jedi temple so like it had been tainted uh by both sides of the force well Going back to the Force Wars real quick, after all that happened, Master Locke's followers began to divide themselves from the Jedi and the Jedi Council, mainly because the two groups had, you know, and their ideologies of Ashla and Bogan, Light and B, Ashla, or Light Side Jedi, recognized, reorganized themselves into the Jedi Order uh, under the High Council that we kind of started to become more familiar with, you know, later on. And oh, the Bogan or Dark Side um, were ultimately defeated. And 25783 BBY, a cataclysm rendered Tython uninhabitable and the newly formed Galactic Republic banned travel to the planet. So they, they stopped having balance and the planet became uninhabitable. And uninhabitable. It seems like the Force did that. Like well, the you, Jedi who were there to, you know, kind of keep balance, lost balance, and the Force was like, nah. You yeah. guys aren't going to have this, like, safe haven, this basic Force paradise, you know? Yeah. Well, and that was the whole idea of the planet itself. Like, it was a chaotic planet unless there was balance. So the second balance leaves, it erupts. And obviously, when you have two opposing sides it's not going to be balanced. That's not balanced. That's double-sided I- ideology in a way. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. It's all good. I didn't really have much more. There was The only other thing I had was apparently, I think this is what he was talking about during the Galactic Civil War, apparently there were rumors of there being a temple on Tython that held hidden Jedi treasures. Treasure, treasures. Treasures. That's all I could really find on it, which is kind of like random little bit of information that I had just happened to find pretty much. You can't introduce Jedi treasures, like secret hidden treasures, and then not... Oh. Darn you, people of Wikipedia. I know, right? I know. I mean, another deep dive for like six hours, we should be able to find at least one of the treasures in there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go on a treasure hunt uh, after (laughs) this. So, Yo, that would be dope, honestly. I mean, I, I did, like... I, I mapped out, like, a whole treasure hunt when I was younger, and I, I still have, like, all the maps and all that stuff. Anyways, that's beside the point. So what's next? The the first Great Schism? I believe so. So I'm going to start this one off with, like, a quote from Danzagoro Potts. 
don't honestly remember who he was, but he was important. I think he was one of the Jedi or Jedi. I don't know. Anyways, he said, it seems too easy to blame everything on Zinder and the dark side. Maybe we, maybe the Jedi were partly to blame too. So this schism happened after the Jedi or Jedi broke up. We talked about this with the Force Wars, but I wanted to clarify because I got confused myself a few times while researching. There was growing unrest amongst the Jedi, which could have been the Force prompting some of its wielders to action to enact change and refocus, but that's speculation. Enter the proposition of expanding the dogmatic teachings of the Jedi. Dai Bindu, Palawa, Way of the Dark, and Protectorate of the Hidden. Dai Bindu, we've already talked about these guys. They sought balance of the Ashla and Bogan. That remains their focus through time. Palawa was a planet part of the Republic. On it were force wielders that had their own teachings. The followers of Palawa and the Chatos Academy. Palawa was destroyed during a war involving the Jedi Council. I'll start with Chatos because there's not much to say other than they were very similar to the Jedi Order and didn't really exist longer than the planet Palawa. So they probably blew up. Then we have the followers of Palawa. These hermit monks predated the Jedi and for the most part seemed pretty neutral or balanced and pacifistic. It wasn't until a conflict involving the Jedi causing the destruction of their homeworld that they created and practiced the martial art form Terras Kasi. I probably said that wrong, but I'm dumb. So, yeah. This was likely developed in case the Jedi screwed up again, so they wouldn't allow the destruction of another planet. The Palawa still exist, so that's cool. They were masters of a deep trance technique that allowed them to sleep for millennia without aging. See, if I was a force wielder, that would be the power I would want to learn. Like, let me just sleep this off for the next thousand years. Especially as somebody that doesn't really sleep that well. You you know how many people in Hollywood would be excited uh, about that power? I I can live for a long time and not age? I can look this good for forever? They don't need to... I mean, I guess the age, they don't need any of that because they have cocaine and Botox. Oh, yeah, that's true. Anyways, then we have the way of the dark. Now, this one, I could see why they would say no to it. However, it is important to teach everything, even the darkest bits, because withholding information breeds distrust and schisms thus occur. And ignorance. Well, and it's kind of like, you know, in Germany there for a while, they just kind of glazed over World War II. They just like. Yeah, so this period of time, we're not going to talk about it. And then, like, with, uh, for a long time, the British actually taught their people that they gave us our freedom in 1776. What? Yeah. So, like, Bro, this this happens in, our, in, in real life, too. Real world. Yeah. So, the way of the dark essentially was all about death and destruction. And the only way to follow the will of the force was to eliminate all life. Tracks, I guess. That's it, that's silly. Doesn't the force make up all living things? Yeah, pretty much. It's like the only way to balance the force is to kill it. Kill it all. Oh my gosh. 
It's like when you tell your preteen they can't shop at Hot Topic and listen to death metal. What do they do? Only shop at Hot Topic and only listen to death metal. Let them breathe and then explore. They'll make good decisions if you give them a firm foundation. I don't um, know, man. It sounds like to me the will of the force is to eliminate force cults. Yeah, pretty much. And then you have the protectorate of the hidden. There's literally nothing on this that I found besides being a force-based organization around 24,500 BBY. If I had to guess, they taught something that the Jedi didn't agree with. Um, Makes sense. Now we have the creation of a new sect, the Legion of Leto. It's important to note that they weren't a violent group uh, initially. They broke from the Order so they could study all aspects of the Force, not just the parts that the Jedi deemed okay. They wanted to know more about, like, the history and everything. Why is this important to note? Only because the Jedi branded them as evil and went to end them, which means kill them. Jedi just don't like the kill word. They went there to slaughter them. because, Not because they were doing bad things, but because they were learning about dark things. And that's bad. But there's a lot of comics on this and stuff. So, like, I could be wrong on some of this stuff, but this is how it came across uh, when I was doing my research. Trying to end the conflict early, before it spread into a galactic conflict, Zender, the leader of the legions, took the fight straight to the Jedi Order on Asus. They failed, obviously, because, I mean, these were just Jedi Knights that left the Order just a, a group of them so they didn't have the numbers and they were going up against jedi masters and stuff like that so numbers knowledge all of that was just greatly lacking so they they lost uh and the problem grew bigger but the fact that it was an attempt to solve the problem says something the thought that if we just get rid of the jedi we can return to peace like we can we're going to go here, stop it here, so it doesn't spread. Like, we're not going to let this become a bigger problem. We just want to go back to peace and return to our ways. Here's the thing, though. Because the Jedi disagreed with a belief, they tried to kill off said believers, and it caused a galaxy-wide war that resulted in the death and destruction of countless lives and worlds. There's a lot to break down in this story and a lot of really interesting rabbit holes. I could probably talk for hours about this, but I believe I proved my point here. Here the Jedi go killing again. Genocide strikes back. Oh boy, here we go lying about it again in a couple thousand years. <laughs> yep. Oh, we, we just ended them. Doesn't, doesn't that mean kill them? No, no, we ended them. Wild. Dude, wild stuff, honestly. And it's like, it's like, it's like what I was talking about earlier. It's like they just keep repeating the same thing over and over and over, just like in different ways and with different people. And it's like, how are you guys not learning from this? Like, how do you not see that like, hey, maybe we should like teach people about this stuff, but like discourage against it or something. <laughs> you know, that it's insanity. Doing <laughs> it's ridiculous. Over and over. So what about what about the second great sch schism or the hundred years of darkness? So the second great schism started in seven thousand and three BBY, 
and apparently was a divisive split between Jedi who practice alchemy and the dark side. Um, they found that with using the force with enough intensity could create new species at will. And it was presumed that they could even end death and revive dead worlds. Not all of that sounds like a bad thing. Like right. they, can, they can create not necessarily new life, but like new species. Yeah. And I mean, which is basically the same concept. I mean, like they can create life and they can revive, you know, like I was saying, dead worlds. Yeah. And it's, and then, I don't know, you know, like the, uh, the Jedi obviously did not, or were, they weren't about that. No, because they're bad guys. They're the bad guys. Yeah. And eventually, you know, like there was arguments and these arguments turned into conflict. The Jedi with dark side powers were exiled from the Order, and this started the Hundred Year Darkness three years later. The Dark Jedi who split off created monstrous armies, and monsters being literal, like they created zombies and creatures that could drain and store life essence, like in parts of their bodies. That's kind of cool. Definitely yeah. bad, but cool. Yeah, definitely really bad, but definitely really cool, like you said at the same time, like what <laughs> um ultimately the dark jedi were defeated and were eventually exiled from republic space i mean i that that's kind of fair like but you know you create you have this ability to create new species and uh revive worlds but the second that the jedi come in and they're like no you guys are the bad guys you can't be doing good things that's our thing we yeah we do the good well, things I don't know. I saw it more of like the Jedi and their loosely followed code came in and were like, hey, this doesn't, you know, go with our code that we loosely follow. And you guys are doing evil things because we say you're doing evil things. And now we're going to argue about it. And then we're going to have a war about it for 100 years. Yeah. Well, and here's something I just kind of thought about, but like, what if the history that we're reading about was written by the Jedi? <laughs> like, exactly. I mean, that could, that would make sense why, you know, it was hard to find, it was kind of hard to find a lot of things that were, you know, the Jedi like doing, you know, like you're like wrong, like evil things, like legitimately evil things. And then take that out of history as like, you know, propaganda or whatever, you know, like, oh yeah, no, we're the good guys. We don't do that stuff. <laughs> The Sith are bad, the Jedi are good, and that's the end of it. And if you go against us, we will literally slaughter all of you. The history's written by the victor, so yeah, makes sense. And Dude. like most people like the Jedi. Like I'm, I know a lot of this is sounding like really harsh on the Jedi, but it's because no one's ever really holds them accountable. Yeah, um, I mean, I feel like they don't really show in like the shows and in the movies, like all of the atrocities that the Jedi committed throughout, you know, the galaxy's history. Yeah. Well, cause that's too much like show with star Wars. There's a show and a tell, like they'll say some stuff and you got to think about it. They'll show you some stuff, but you've got to finish the picture. And it, it's what makes star Wars. So interesting is because George isn't going to come out. Dave Filoni isn't going to come out and just be like, yo, so this happened, and I want you to realize that 
the Jedi aren't perfect and the Jedi do a lot of bad and they're they're just to blame for the galaxy's problems as the Sith are. Hundred percent, if not more. Yeah, you you gotta come to. I mean, the Jedi literally created the Sith, so. Yeah, and like but, multiple different times. Yeah, so technically the Jedi are responsible for every wrong thing the Sith ever did. Yeah, because they couldn't get past their own ideals that yeah. were created by them that were already flawed. Yeah. And just changed and changed as they saw fit. Was that everything that you had on that time period? That's everything I have that doesn't really have to do with the Sith. Oh, okay. I gotcha. Yeah, we kind of got to leave out those parts, but... For now. This next time period, I kind of, like, grabbed it and thought, like, oh, yeah, I'll find something here. And then when I went back uh, and was doing the notes, I'm like, oh, crap. This <laughs> was pretty much all on the Sith, so <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't really do anything here. And then there was nothing else going on in between this time period and the next. So what I What was figured the next time period? The Well... I know you were going to do, like, the Jedi Trials and stuff, but then after that, it's just, like, the Third Great Schism or whatever. Mm, yeah. I don't really have ton to note here on, like, the Great Hyperspace War, uh, besides that due to the Jedi's success of driving back the Sith once more, the Republic gave the Jedi a mountain on Coruscant. A whole mountain. Oh, here it is. <laughs> uh, kind of cool, I guess. This is where the Jedi Temple on Coruscant was constructed, constructed and destroyed and reconstructed through the years snazzy let's talk coruscant real real quick the jedi went to solve the galaxy's problems but ignore the ones involving the lower levels and underworld of coruscant itself they wake up every morning enjoy a cup of calf inhale the delightful smog-filled air and take in the sights of the beautiful upper levels where greed and tyranny paid for most of the homes and business empires that occupied said levels Whenever the Jedi do descend to the lower levels, it was to stop someone who committed a crime big enough they deemed worthy of their intervention and end up getting plenty of bystanders injured and or killed while simultaneously destroying homes and businesses that the up upper levels and Jedi don't feel obligated to repair or pay reparations. No. Yeah, I mean, you can see that in the Clone Wars, too. Yeah, especially with the final season. Oh, yeah, there's a ton of that ton of that i i still think luminara was the one that killed what's their faces uh, parents you know from the final season the two girls that ahsoka was with oh why is that well because the way she described her of being so cold and without care without emotion and all that stuff i was just like no one fits mm. that description better than luminara and luminara was there during that time period so i was like I feel like it's her, and she always gets painted as, like, this just ruthless Jedi, very strict oh. and dogmatic. Honestly, I don't know enough about Luminar to be able to say which way. I mean, just look at Barris. Barris was her Padawan, and when she turned to the dark, she's just like, well, she's dead to me. Oh, well, I don't care. It's not True. like I raised her or anything. Or, it's like... When her and Ahsoka were trapped on those rocks, and she's like, well, that sucks. Yeah. She she was, like, telling An Anakin or whatever, like, well, you, you're just going to have to get over it. It'll be fine. You'll you'll move past it. Like, I mean, to a certain extent, though, that's, I mean, for their order, that was technically right. But at the same time, like, that's no, she, how the Jedi should be. 
No, she was exactly like Obi-Wan gets credit for being like the best of the Jedi. He's the best because he's a good person. He's very powerful and he he does the right thing most of the time. But he's still enormously flawed. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I love Obi-Wan, but we'll get into that a little bit later. Yeah. But what I'm saying is like Luminara was your perfect Jedi. She is everything that the Jedi taught. Like, she is their success story. At least um, at that time period. Yeah, yeah, because, like, she literally... I could never see her turning to the dark side. Honestly. Like, she doesn't either. have enough emotion to be able to fucking even have to worry about it, honestly. Yeah, and, like, it's one thing to understand and accept death and understand that you might lose your Padawans, but literally standing there, like, yeah, we could help. But they're probably gonna die, and that's okay. And just yeah, right. <laughs> like completely, just that seems kind of dark side to me, honestly. Just like letting them die without trying to intervene at all. Like yeah, it's it's detached. It's on, on one side you have too much emotion. On the other side you have absolutely no emotion. There's no balance uh, between the two. Yeah. How how can you call yourself like a light, you know, side being and not have like compassion at least yeah or other people you just like let people die and you know treat slave armies or clones like shit which we also get into later yeah anyways let's look in on what makes jedi jedi believe in whatever you want as long as it's what we believe in due to the jedi's fear of the dark side yeah i said it fear the Jedi not only rejected dark side teaching, but completely eradicated it. You were never taught any of it. Ever hear the story of Darth Plagueis the Wise? No. Was it because she literally killed him a couple years prior to the to that question, and the Sith were supposedly completely eradicated at that point, or was it because the Jedi ex expunged such history, ah, such history and teachings altogether? Mixture of, of both, probably, but hey, the lack of knowledge aided in Palpy's manipulation of Anakin. Mm -hmm. The Jedi's lack of knowledge of the dark side and rules to prevent dark side tendencies literally created the Sith. They created their own problem. How did the peacekeeper monks of the galaxy handle their fuck up? They commit genocide and justify it with their beliefs. So oh, we were right. We're Jedi. <laughs> So who can we reference in our own history that did stuff like this? Like one notorious book burner was a little dude with a littler mustache named Hitler. He turned out to be a good guy, right? Good intentions? No. He called for a genocide of people that practiced something he didn't believe in. Hmm. Interesting. There are countless other times in history this happened. Almost all wars back in the day were fought over re religion. Hitler wasn't the first, wasn't the last. We also have baby snatching. Now, we can all see that death and destruction is bad, no matter who is causing it. But the Jedi weren't always out killing people. Yet, even during times of peace, were they still the good guys? Let's talk about their initiates. Willing? Nah. They're taken from birth to be raised up in the dogmatic teachings of the Jedi, permanently separated from family or attachments. As a parent, who in the fractious, fergalicious fuck get, just gives their kid away? I know some people do do this, 
but most people do not. So how are they getting all these kids? Jedi mind tricks, promise of a better life. Who knows? But well, get, it's definitely not ethical. Get this. During uh, the new Sith War, Jedi apparently had legal authority to apprehend any Force-sensitive being that they saw fit. There, no there, yeah, there was so much conflict, actually, that Jedi couldn't keep up with recruitment. So they would go in and, like, take these kids that were young enough to be, you know, pre-adolescents from their parents and make them fight against Sith Lords. But they're too old. Bro. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, like basically, like, younglings going in there. They're giving them lightsabers and having them fight Sith Lords because they don't have the manning to be able to fight them. Oh, yeah, um, that, that, that's then, fair. That worked use... out for that one kid against Anakin. Right. Real well. <laughs> Master um, Skywalker. Apparently, one of the one of the generals in charge of this army called the Army of Light for the Jedi, he was advised that it was better for them to recruit the children at such a young age than for them to fall into Sith hands. Oh, so that's just a justification for yeah. s- stealing children. Exactly. And then forcing them to go into combat when they definitely should not be going up against like full-fledged like Sith Lords. <laughs> that 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 seems fair. Again, <laughs> Master Skywalker, what are we going to do? <laughs> that was a terrible lightsaber noise. I I love that they dressed him up to kind of mirror little Anakin. I know. I know. I didn't, I I can't believe we didn't realize that before, but like I was just like, "Oh my god." I, cause I was going through and watching Ridge of the Sith again within the past couple of days and I saw that and I was like oh my god oh my god I told my girlfriend and she was like wow that's super messed up <laughs> I was like I know like George George Lucas is a very smart man like he is people I mean like they I feel like people really don't appreciate the prequels for what they are because like I see it when I go through and watch them I see like okay so I feel like George is trying to kind of portray how tragic Anakin's fall to the dark side really was. Yeah. And it's again, that whole show and tell thing. So I, I like that we grew up during that time frame when those movies were coming out. Cause we, the CGI didn't bother us. Mm-hmm. We didn't really pay attention to that. Like we didn't know that was a problem till we got a little older. So it was, it was kind of nice to like, we can appreciate some of the best lore we that we can get out of Star Wars. Oh yeah, the Clone Wars, obviously. Oh but, yeah, like I mean, Clone was, Wars is pretty much like my one of my favorite eras in Star Wars, hands down. Yeah, and there was so much. There was so much packed into the prequels that, like, if you just stop and get past your own toxic bull, bull or whatever, like you can actually see all the greatness of those movies. Dude, it, it's genius, honestly. Even, like, Phantom Menace, which is, like, oddly becoming one of my favorite. There's just, there's so much, so much lore in it. Like, that, not even just that, but, like, it, they're just so cool. Like, there's yeah. so many scenes that it's just, like, it's just, even, like, like you said, even in the Phantom Menace, that's, like, oh, you know, it's a Phantom Menace. This is the worst Star Wars movie besides, like, the sequels or whatever. It's, like, well, you know, like, it's really not that bad, though. I mean, there was a really long pod racing, but the pod rage scene was pretty dope, honestly. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, maybe it's the fact that like I'm into street racing and stuff like that. That, um, if you're a cop listening to that, this, I'm just joking. 
Um, but <laughs> maybe it's that, that I like cars and stuff. So pod racing was always cool, but yeah, that, that was sick. I think the only thing I, I thought was like bad was when me told Qui-Gon, Oh, there was no father. Like I, I gave birth to him. I raised him. Like it was just me. And he's just like, hmm, yeah, that tracks like no, no, no reaction. Just yeah. Like, yep, okay. Well, I mean, like, that kind of goes back to, like, even Qui-Gon was a little arrogant. He he would he didn't, like, question, like, well, that sounds kind of weird. Like, and this boy's, like, future is completely clouded and everything. Like, even Master Yoda can't see anything. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely want to talk about that because, like, I'm very passionate about Qui-Gon. But we'll, we'll get to that time period because you're going to take, take over that, and then I'm just going to jump in with Qui-Gon because... I got to talk about my boy Liam Neeson. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't really have, I have, like I said before, I have notes that are like, um, kind of pre Phantom Menace with like Sifo Diaz and yeah. then just a, kind of notes about things that the Jedi order at the time just kind of let slide. Yeah. Which investigate you, further into. Yeah. Which will lead right into like just, Qui-Gon and his importance and stuff like that. But one thing I did want to touch on again, just kind of, I don't know, maybe it's beating a dead horse, but let's talk about like the detachment of emotions with the Jedi. Cause like the Sith, obviously they act solely on emotions. Passionate. Uh, yeah. And the Jedi are void of all emotion. So this is why the Jedi will always lose. This is why so many are lost to the dark side. They are repressing very strong emotions, bottling them up, and ignoring them until something bad enough happens that they lose it. For real. There at least needs to be, like, a some kind of, like, Jedi therapist or something that, like, they can talk about their problems or something, you know? Yeah. Like, why is it so hard to come back from the dark side? Because they're dealing with 20 to 30 years of repressed <laughs> anger and sadness and you know, sexual energy and the ones that raised them have turned their backs on them and even tried to kill them. This is how we get space ISIS people. Jeez. For My real. advice, much like yours, see a therapist, get a significant other dabble in the spice and throw on a Braxy pad in the jizz whalers record. And no, that's not inappropriate. Braxy pad is my call sign in the military. Brax is part of my name and jizz whalers are jizz musicians, a type of music in canon as of 2017 in a children specific novelization of return of the jedi jizz <laughs> oh my god that's and i'm gonna one thing that's kind of off topic but um literally oh jizz, jizz whaling like, is it off topic <laughs> well i mean it's kind of on topic because we're talking about music but like Literally, no matter what's going on in any of those movies, you can always count on the music being fire. Yeah. Jizzalicious. I don't think you should put that in the podcast. <laughs> I'm probably going to end up leaving it. <laughs> <laughs> Just like the last time. We kind of needed to talk about the Jedi trials a bit. Like, I probably should have touched on this a bit with the Jedi uh, or in, and stuff, but there's the trials have always kind of been similar in ways. And so like there, there's a bunch of different trials and they've 
kind of always been the same or similar. Like you have the trial of skill. You will need all of your skill to survive, which was said to a Jedi in training or whatever. Padawan. Yeah. Trial of courage, trial of the flesh, trial of the spirit, trial of insight. And oh, well, that was it. But yeah, so like all of these are designed to put kids in harm's way for the most part. Like these aren't just a test in school or something. This is like your life is on the line every single time. Like you'll see it when you finish uh, Light of the Jedi or whatever, which is a fantastic book. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really excited. I'm, like I said, I'm only like 10, 15 minutes into it, but I'm already pretty hooked, honestly. I, I'm really excited for you to hear because it's an audio book. I'm excited for you to hear about Space Yorker because Space Yorker. <laughs> it's just a, it's a guy and he has this, uh, a New York accent and I think it's even better than Space Boston. It's it's hey, I'm walking in. It's so good. Uh, I cracked up every single time. I, I yeah, it might bring you out of it for a bit, but it's it's fantastic. I love it there's all these trials and it's like, hey, go do this. And uh, I'm just going to throw you out of a plane and you're going to figure out how to not die. That's wild. I mean, it's like, how do they not have more people falling to the dark side? Honestly? <laughs> yeah. Like how is, how are we literally just okay with this? Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, Oh yeah. Nobody questions. It's like, Oh yeah, no, this is just a thing we do. Nobody came up and was like, um, should we do this differently? No, this is what we've done it for forever. It's like, well, I mean, the thing is, though, like, nobody would have known how they did it back in the, like, back in the day, quote unquote, you know, like, because even if the jet, you know, the, the archives that the Jedi had did have that in there, they probably wouldn't have been able to actually access that part of it. Yeah. You well, it was probably like, left out because, again, history is written by the victor. It's like it was probably put in some some vault and be like, no, you can't do this. Just like Camino was taken out of the uh, the archives, you know, like the archive maps and stuff. Yeah, we. But that was for a specific reason, I guess. We see all the Jedi that like made that transition, went through the trials, and came out on the other side, or whatever. But like, no one ever talks about the ones that didn't make it, and I guarantee, not everyone that was thrown out of a spaceship landed safely on the ground or right. whatever. Right. And, and we don't talk about all the ones that died. And then the ones that lived through it and still kind of failed, they were like custodians of the temple. They were like the 99s uh, of the Jedi. Oh my God. <laughs> like, yeah, we're going to give you a, uh, a lightsaber broom. You're going to have to sweep the halls for the rest of your life. It's, it's kind of like that same line of this is, borderline messed up uh, it's like in high school when they would have all the kids that were in special ed like come around and collect the trash and stuff it's not oh a bad God. thing to do but at the same time our school literally kept them in the basement and then once I a week totally they got to come out that. once a week they got to come out come up to the t uh to the regular floors and pick up trash I, I never realized how, like, messed up that was until you just said that, because I never really <laughs> thought about that. Yeah, like, you know I, like, I, I had so messed up. I had friends Good in there. Lord. Like, some of them, like, weren't okay with that. They're like, yeah, I, 
really hate doing this. I'm like, it's so messed up. Yeah. I'll, anyways, it's it is that. Yeah. I so that school anyway. The third grade schism. School in the South. What What do you What do you expect? We're not even that far south. <laughs> no, not really. But a very pivotal state, regardless. So the third great schism. There's not a ton on this, which is fine. It's mostly just a retelling of the other stories of Jedi inner conflicts. Jedi teachings fail once again, causing infighting. Here we go killing again. Genocide occurs. Innocents were probably killed again. More acceptable casualties as they deem them. Dark Jedi survivors flee from Coruscant, yada, yada, yada. The Dark Jedi end up on or end up in the Voltar system. They stumble upon architect technology and utilize it to enact their revenge. Sadly, since they are not celestial beings who created parts of the galaxy and this technology and the entire Voltar system, actually, they, they lost control of the tech and ended up annihilating the entire system, thus becoming the Voltar Nebula. Trillions dead once more due to, initially, the Jedi's failings. Had the Jedi never caused these Je dark Jedi to leave, to well, to even exist, and then later to leave Coruscant, then we would still have the Voltar system. It's like poetry. It rhymes. I mean, it's just like Star it's just Wars. like it's just like a parallel with the Jedi being shitty through like you know each era of Star Wars, and there's always at least at least one instance of you know something super messed up that they did. Yeah, even if it doesn't seem like that bad, you think about it, and it's like wow, that's actually super messed up. Yeah. Did you did you have something after this or? Um, I had the next thing. I mean, there was a couple of things that I went through and it wasn't really super pertinent. There was the, the Jedi Covenant and the Prophecy of Five. I don't know if those were the same thing, though. Uh, they, they were closely intertwined. I, I got some stuff on the Covenant, too, so we can talk that. I was just wondering if there was something before this uh this droid thing that i want to talk about that is absolutely hilarious it's not super relevant it's kind of just ironic but it needs to be talked about because i had no clue this existed okay let's do uh, it okay i found this insanely interesting funny type of topic or whatever but it's worth mentioning especially since we can't do a full episode on this although i would love to i might go back and like get the comics and books associated and just deep dive but anyways so basically this is me saying this is something nerdy i wanted to bring up but i'm justifying it by very very loosely tying it back in the great droid revolution this fantastic event happened in 4015 bby it was led by hk01 an assassin droid developed by the zirka corporation you may recognize the HK unit uh, in Zerka from KOTOR. This is like the original predecessor to HK-47 that calls everyone meat bags. This guy was basically everyone's fears of artificial intelligence and robots. He single-handedly reprogrammed millions of droids to attack organic life. 
or meatbags. Sadly, even though HK-01 lost control of his army of droids and the re revolution was quelled by the Jedi, surprise, surprise. Now, you're probably thinking, how is this a failure of the Jedi? Well, it's not, really. The real question is, how did they stop the droids? And the answer to that, my dear 16 listeners, Force Lightning. They stopped them with Force Lightning. What? The Jedi used Force Lightning, overloading them with unlimited power. That's that's a dark side power, right? That's as far as I was ever concerned. Like every game that I played, that was, you know, had to do with Star Wars. It was always on the dark side side. Well, side side. side, side. Jedi Master Arca Jeff created this ability it, it's a new ability you can't see me but i definitely just rolled my eyes and did air quotes i just, uh, I just rolled my eyes also <laughs> it, he called it mechu moksher or ionize instead of force lightning ionize it's the same thing just just so we're clear it is the same thing and it's only used for disabling droids so it is in fact a limited I would like to point out that due to HK-01's actions, he practically ended, for a good bit of time, the droids' rights movement. So it turns out violence and murder doesn't really help civil rights movements. Who knew? Man, never would have thought that. <laughs> In all seriousness, though, I would like to talk about Demigol briefly because I see, see us bringing this guy back up in future episodes. Demogal was a neo-crusader Mandalorian scientist who took over the abandoned Republic's research station on Flashpoint. Flashpoint is a planet that sits so close to its sun that the whole planet is baked in radiation. Unlivable. The Republic made a research lab here to study stars and then got bored and probably got sued by scientists for all the radiation exposure and poor living conditions. Yada, yada, yada. I just made that last part up. Demogal took over to conduct evil research experiments on Jedi and the Force to see how all that shit worked. Again, how is this relevant? Well, well let's look at what could cause a radical like Demogal to come about. All through the history of the Mandalorians, tens of thousands of years, generations and every iteration of the Jedi Order and Republic practically have been against the Mandalorians. Hell, what became the center rolling point of the galaxy for all the republic, uh, all the republics was Coruscant, where the Tong or the Mandalorians came from, and were kicked out of. The Jedi have fought them at almost every point they possibly could. After that, then you have the Sith who took advantage of the Jedi doing this and sided with the Mandalorians. Because of the Jedi's actions, they created two powerful enemies that would result in the death of trillions throughout the galaxy and throughout history is it fair to put that all in the jedi no but if you remove them from the equation you just have two powerful cultures that want to spread their culture and reign throughout parts of the galaxy what's the difference exactly wild wild <laughs> there seems to be a pattern here it's it seems like the jedi tend to create their own problems they do they definitely do One thousand thirty. Six thousand percent. Interesting. Very right. interesting. Well, talking about all that stuff, I guess uh, 
I don't know if you had any more between this and the Clone Wars, do you? Yeah, I gotta like just like quick things because uh, okay. we we were gonna talk about the Jedi Covenant, but I did have like one other thing. Okay, cool. There was this thing called the Lost City of the Jedi. The only thing of note in here really was the creation of this city originally stemmed from another Sith Holocaust where the Jedi used a ridiculous amount of combined force power to eradicate the Sith and craft with immense life, which practically destroyed the planet. They at least worked to correct this travesty by terraforming the planet's surface, but they wouldn't have to do that if they didn't eradicate the planet in the first place. It's getting a little ridiculous at this point. I'm shaking my head just so everybody knows. (laughs) It doesn't say how many people uh lived on this planet before like besides the sith and the craft and stuff like that they're like obviously we're only ever really looking at like at one city or one portion of a planet when we go there and do things and learn about things you're literally you're not just talking about trees and bad guys you're talking about like women men children like just eradicating all of them. And I slaughtered them like animals. Yeah, exactly. We're just going to glaze over it again. How many genocides are we at at this point? I forgot to keep track. I don't know. I thought you were keeping track of that one. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a lot. It's and a that lot. Just, that's just the one that we looked up. I'll, I'll just... Looked up too. Like, <laughs> that doesn't even count all the ones, all the other ones that we don't even know about. Yeah. I'll just, like, go back, and when I'm editing the audio, I'll just have, like, a dinging noise every ding. time they, they commit genocide. <laughs> it's like, that's ding! That's how you know. So, Jedi Covenant, I know you had some stuff uh, that was actually a lot better than what I had. So, I was just going to talk about my stuff really quick, and then we're going to geek out over your stuff. These guys were basically Jedi radicals that were so fearful of the return of the Sith that they sought out and used any means necessary to prevent their return this prompted the creation of the shadows which is my favorite type of jedi Uh, originally however the shadows were straight up assassins and just covertly slaughtered dark side practitioners what later became known as jedi shadows only really sought out and destroyed sith artifacts until around the clone wars era where the jedi high council had them become assassins again Besides their dark beginnings, I always thought Jedi assassins were pretty cool, and the irony of their existence makes me laugh and love them more. The Covenant was later recognized by the Jedi as evil, and they, too, were slated for executions. Wow, that's wild. Speaking of executions, I when I was doing some reading about this, I found out that apparently these Jedi... The Covenant Masters, who were dedicated to preventing the return of the Sith, shared a Force vision of the destruction of the Jedi Order and the Galactic Republic. Maybe the Force should just stop sharing visions with people, because bad things happen on either side whenever this happens. Well, or maybe people should stop taking Force visions as, like, concrete what's going to happen in the future. I, I feel like the Force is like, hey, if you keep doing what you're doing, this is going to happen. But the Jedi take it as, oh, God, this is going to happen. We must do everything to stop it. Yeah, that's pretty much... I mean, that happens with Anakin, too. Yeah. 
pretty much. I guess they saw either one or a few beings in red environmental suits that coincidentally their padalons were wearing the same kind of, or very similar at least, uh, red environmental suits. Then the, um, the Covenant Masters faked a knighting ceremony and they lured all of them in and attempted to kill them. But uh, apparently one Padawan escaped and was framed for the murders by the Covenant Masters. Oh boy, here I go kill it again. Wild stuff, man, wild stuff. We're just, <laughs> we're going to do something evil, but then we're going to blame it on this kid. Right, and, right. And we're not even going to take responsibility for our actions. Like that That's how you know you're doing something wrong, when you have to blame someone you just tried to kill for uh, real for it like because of a vision that may or may not might happen yeah freaking jedi freaking jedi man i think they know everything that's that's ridiculous well we did kind of glaze over this because the mandalorian wars kind of happened throughout time or whatever like we we've already passed this time period or whatever i did because we're such mando fans I felt like we probably should point this out a little bit. The Mandalorians were annihilating species and conquering worlds left and right. Yeah. Yet the Jedi didn't want to get involved. They finally decided to remain pacifistic. Yay. It took you long enough, guys. Was this the correct choice? No. But at least they didn't start this one. The Council's inaction caused unrest amongst the uh, some of the Jedi. This is where we are introduced to Revan. And we all know what he did. Well, for those that don't, don't worry. We'll we'll talk about him in the next episode uh, with the Sith. The Council did, a, did nothing. A hero took it upon himself to create a schism amongst the Order and go aid the Republic in stopping the Mandalorians. And boy, did he do it. But at what cost? Events that took place resulted in his and Malik's fall to the dark side, which saw the death of trillions. And, you know, the, the moral of the story, I guess, doing nothing can hurt the galaxy, too. Had the Council joined the conflict and enforced a code of conduct or something, Revan and Malik may have never fallen, and deaths could have been kept to a minimum. True. I, I mean, but it could have, it also could have been, could have turned out way worse at the same time. It, it could have could have ended up being kind of clone wars-esque and people falling to the dark but it's like it's not like the jedi were shy of killing people obviously <laughs> but it is a good representation that no matter what the jedi do whether they act or they don't act all the different choices they make they still end up doing the wrong thing and bad things happen because of it yeah i feel like the jedi should just stop trying to get involved with things or, like, actually have some kind of system to where this stuff doesn't happen. Like, I don't know. When you have, I, I, I think the Jedi need to end. <laughs> Sorry, I had to. Um, the Jedi Order needs well, to end. Because you have balance, you have the Bindu, and then you have double-sided ideology. So, what we're seeing is double-sided ideology. You're uh, they're focusing too much on not being too light or not too, being too dark. And you're constantly at war with yourself. And 
at one point in your life, you're I- idolizing the light. And at another point, you're idolizing the dark. That's not balance. Yeah. Uh, that's chaos. That's torture. Really just picking and choosing what things of their code they want to follow and what things they kind of want to just sweep under the carpet and forget about. But really, the solution here isn't to do nothing or, like, to be the good guys or be the bad guys. Like, the, the Jedi have always been tied to politics, and that needs to end. The Jedi should come in con- conflict with the republics at time, too, because, as we all know, government is not uh, shy of tyranny. It's not shy of wrongdoing and even the the best governments still are corrupt and so the jedi just turned a blind eye to all of that and so they shouldn't be involved in that they should be the ones who like take care of the galaxy there should be this peace and this i don't even think there needs to be killing because there is an answer the force has an answer to everything even with so someone as dark as palpatine you know mace windu's like he's too dangerous to be left alive there's literally a answer in the force to this uh and when jedi councils come together like all the jedi can come together and they focus their power to sever someone's ties to the force now the stronger the ties to the force uh, of that individual are the more jedi you're gonna need obviously, but they come together and they can use the force to sever that person's connection to the force. It seems unnatural. It, it's kind of like that Avatar last airbender thing where he just takes their bending away and stuff. Oh, yeah. It's that same concept, which, I mean, again, Dave Filoni. Where, where do you think we... Why do you think that was an Avatar? I wonder where he got that from. There is an answer in the force to every thing and it doesn't require violence the force does not want death because everything that is living is the force so it doesn't want you to kill the force is not saying hey kill me kill a little part of me yeah yeah no i feel like honestly the will of the force is balance true balance yeah and that's a lot of what it looks like. And then it's just understanding, like, yeah, we have emotions. We care about things. But it's not reacting from a, an emotional state. But it's also not being void of emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we could get into a whole therapy conversation on this. but Definitely. Suffice it to say, everything we've kind of always known as balance is really just double-sided ideology, and it's not balance. True. True. I feel like that balance is what they don't really read. Like, they have their own view, the Jedi, I mean, obviously, have their own view of what they think balance is, but they don't actually want to listen to the Force to actually figure out what that means. Yeah, well, they think... Basically, they think they know better than the Force itself. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, it's arrogant. It's very, like, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's it's arrogant. It kind of seems like a Sith ideology to me. Yeah, it is an absolute. And only the Sith feels an absolute. Which which 
technically is an absolute in itself to say, but I know that's why I said it. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's that's all I, I I think we've butchered the Jedi enough today. Um, not nearly as much as they've butchered civilians and whatnot throughout galaxy and hit uh, time. But we haven't even talked about the Clone Wars yet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We were going to talk about that. Yeah, Let, let's go. Let's go there. So, leading into for the Clone Wars, like pre Phantom Menace, Jedi Master Sifo Diaz had a vision of a full scale war to come and proposed the creation of an army for the Republic. And of course, the rest of the council members considered his proposal too radical and then he was removed from the council. Oh, oh of course. Yeah. Removed. Uh huh. Uh huh. Interesting. Saifu Diaz then went behind the council's back and commissioned um, the Kaminoan government, the cloners, to create an army that he said was authorized by the Galactic Senate. So he lied to them. And he lied to the council to do this. Apparently, uh, Dark Lord of the Sith, Sidious, found out about his secret and sent Dooku to assassinate or have saifu is assassinated, which is kind of messed up because they used to be friends, I'm pretty sure, back when they were both um, part of the Jedi Order. Ah, the tragedy of Dooku. It, oh, that that sucks. Like, I... Dooku would be another good Jedi, or, like, Sith Lord to talk about in the next episode, I think. Yeah, that that, that would. Either you or me can take that one. But we'll, yeah. we'll leave that for then. I just... Oh. I know. It's like, the more I read up on Dooku, I'm like, man, I think we really got short end of the stick just like vader did anyway um dooku took sifo body and tricked the jedi into believing that he had died in a different way and a different location from how he actually died the sith then took control of the cloning project and hired jango fed as a gen- genetic template for the clone army i'm this just is- a simple man trying to make my way through the galaxy sorry I'm just a simple man making his way through the galaxy like my father before me. Okay, so the Sith implanted the inhibitor chip, which was supposed to be a countermeasure against potential rogue Jedi, and kind of twisted that into their version and was used, obviously, in Order 66 to have the clones assassinate the Jedi commanders. But for even... You know, like, between all that, there were a bunch of things that the Jedi Order did that were just, I don't know, complacent, arrogant, or just generally messed up. First of all, they took in Anakin Skywalker, who was far too old to be part of the Jedi Order, according to their code, and knowingly left his mother enslaved on Tatooine and didn't bother to free her, which I feel like probably helped Anakin's turn to the dark side. Yeah, it's like, we're not saying, because like, even if we did agree with the way of the Jedi, we're not saying bring her to Coruscant and let him have his mother, but just getting her out of slavery, one, should be a no-brainer. Yeah, but, they're Jedi. It's not like they don't have the resources. Yeah, but they're, they're literally all, funded by the Galactic Repu- Republic. 
Yeah, but ten years later, they are completely okay with uh, a slave army. So we're not. Yeah, that's one of my other points. Like they, not only are they okay with a slave army, they don't give them a choice and they treat them like shit. Even though the Jedi can sense that all the clones have different personalities, they still treat them like they're just cannon fodder. Yeah, like I, we see this with General Krell, like Pon Krell, Dax's better looking brother basically <laughs> kind of like the uh, a twins thing you know that movie uh oh Ar- arnold schwarzenegger movie like, julius krell is, krell is arnold <laughs> yeah and, and dax is danny devito we see it there and that is a very it, it's done purposefully but that is their intense view of the clones it's like you're just cannon fodder fodder i don't I don't care what you think. I know best. I'm a Jedi. Yeah, they just they just completely, like, some of them, I mean, not all of them, obviously, not all the Jedi treated their, you know, clones of ordinance like shit, but a lot of them treated them as if they weren't even human. Yeah. And just were totally disrespectful, blatantly, like, to their faces. Yeah. Well, and, like, when you go back and look at what all the different things that the clones said amongst themselves and whatnot it's it's really depressing because they're like yeah i wish like i wish my life was different but at the same time like what would i be doing if i wasn't fighting a war like right what would i I be doing during a time of peace what happens when we win this war like yeah yeah that was a question that the clones like especially towards the end of the war were asking a lot you know like what are we going to do after all this is over and a lot of them weren't even, there were a lot of them, so many of them were flash trained by, you know, Kaminoan flash programs that, like, they don't even know anything about the outside world. So even if they were retired, they wouldn't know what to do. Yeah. They were, they were given no help. They were, they're not even paid. Well, and then, like, they were, as children, yes, they aged rapidly, but as children, they were th- thrown through battle tactics much like the Jedi were yeah, uh, with their trials. Live fire exercises. Yeah, like they, they had PTSD. They, they had traumatic life experiences as children. And all they this were children. Stuff. Even if they yeah. were 20, you know, 24 years old, they're still only technically 12 years, you know, like yeah. actual years old. Yeah, like they, they haven't been alive very long, like and what 12-year-old is going to be able to go through combat and, like, simulations and watch all their freaking brothers die and be able to and get treated shit by Jedi who are supposed to be, you know, like, the saviors of the galaxy. They're probably trained that they are then realizing that, like, wow, these Jedi suck. Well, well, and imagine your time in the military where, like, you're having to talk to people that don't necessarily agree with the military's choices and stuff, and you're just like, yeah, I, uh... Yeah, I have to do that stuff. Like, yeah, I, I don't agree with uh, everything that we're, like, I have to do on a day-to-day basis. I'm, I'm not talking, like, anything tyrannical or anything like that. But just, like, just minor stuff. is like, yeah, I don't really agree with it, but I'm, I am I got to do it, so I'm going to do it. And then, like, with the clones, it's like they're running into all these different species and cultures uh, during their times of war. And like they're hearing about how these people don't like the Jedi, and they're like, "Hmm, yeah, Weird. yeah, no, I, I, I see your point. That's yeah. valid. Uh, 
You know, I, I don't think that chip in their brain was like too hard of a switch. I know. I was just thinking, like, I wonder how many of the clones actually didn't mind, you know, Order 66 when it dropped. When they were like, oh, oh, we get to do what now? <laughs> we get to kill them? Ooh. Especially those, you know, because it doesn't even show all the Jedi, obviously, even through all the, you know, different uh, perspectives on Order 66. There's still a ton of perspectives that you don't see. But, I mean, like, it would be really interesting to see that perspective from a clone that was treated so badly by the Jedi commanders that was just like, yeah. Yeah, well, and what about... This is my time to shine, mother... What about, like, all the other clones that General Krell was in charge of? Like, how many of them were so warped from his actions and his treatment that when they went uh, under a new general or whatever, they're like, that resentment and everything's still there. It's like, well, a lot of them were were so brainwashed to be loyal to the Republic that like anyone that wasn't, you, I mean, you saw in the Clone Wars, they were like eradicated basically, like they were taken out and pretty much executed for non-compliance. Or if they tried to go, like if they tried to go AWOL or whatever and like you know defect, then sometimes they were even hunted down. Yeah. I, I really hope uh, we see some of this in the Bad Batch and just I, I want to see from a clone's perspective like Order 66 and that oh, yeah. flip. That's why, that's why I think they should do, they really need to do that Karen Travelers Republic Commander series because like it would be it would be perfect honestly because it, it literally shows everything we're talking about you know like even down to clones like finding out you know like going to you know, off post to Coruscant and like going to like clubs and like going downtown to Coruscant being like, wow, I'm really missing out on this entire life that I had no idea that was even a possibility for other people. Yeah. Well, and like what was kind of depressing because I know you want this and I know I want this because we both love Karen Travis uh, and her Star Wars books and whatnot. I actually stumbled upon some information, and I it could be wrong. I didn't do a ton of fact-checking, but it sounded like when Disney took over, she had another book planned, and it was canceled due to the direction Disney was going. And Bad Batch is very... It's not the same thing as uh, Commando, but it is very similar in yeah. ways. And a squad I, of, you know, like, I mean, like, with, like, the null arcs and everything, I could kind of see. I mean, maybe they'll reincorporate that, too, you know? Yeah, may, maybe we'll get to see, like, the Bad Batch uh, when they were first introduced. Because, I mean, the uh, the Kaminoans would not be okay with the Bad Batch. They would see them as uh, inferior defective. and, fa- yeah, failures, defective, like, all that no matter how useful they might be, it's like, yeah, no. So I hope we do see that because I don't think we'll ever get Karen Travis's stuff. No, no, I agree. And I, I did, um, once I actually finished the last book in the series and I was looking up the next book because it obviously wasn't finished. And I was, it was like, Oh yeah, it was canceled due to contracting issues. And I was like, Oh my God. Yeah. So I didn't know it was because of Disney. Yeah, it, it was because Disney took over, which, I mean, I get it. Like, I get 
getting rid of the EU and kind of doing your own thing. And that's fine because there was a lot of inconsistencies in the EU. I mean, that's fair, but there's a lot of inconsistencies in the original trilogy. Yeah. No, I mean, all throughout, no doubt. But And I mean, and they're like, they're like, oh, well, we're just having to redo everything because we don't have anything to go off of. Like, are you guys... Never mind. I'm not. I'm not gonna yeah. go. I'm. I'm getting heated. <laughs> yeah. No. But like, and I kind of glaze over everything involved with the sequel trilogy because I kind of get it from a business perspective and all that. It's like, okay, we can do a lot with Star Wars, but we gotta finish the Skywalker saga. And was it handled the best? No. But that's a hard animal to tackle in the first place. And it, it's going to be, we were going to be let down. It, it was going to be impossible to please us because we're star Wars fans and you know, whatever could have been better. Yes. But I cut slack just because I understand how difficult that would be to do to please everyone and whatnot, especially star Wars fans. Cause most of I mean, us there, there is so much though. I mean, and there were so many books but like there was but like you're talking like we have to go through all this we have to hire the right people it, it was a lot so i i cut kathleen but it's slack. not like they don't have the resources to be able to do that you know yeah no but like so the way i see it is like everything after the sequels like everything besides the sequels has been great like yeah the mandalorian true. is like my Phenomenal. favorite part of star wars I know. There's just so much. I really hope, honestly, that Dave Filoni and John Favreau like are able to like kind of lead most of the projects from here on out. And and for Star Wars, you know, because they would, I would have no. There, there probably be very little complaints. Yeah. Well, and like even with Taika Waititi getting his own movie or trilogy or whatever, like that's gonna be dope. Oh yeah, without a doubt. Like it's just getting the right people, but like. You know, it's not like she picked bad people in the first place. I mean, despite how much I loathe J.J. Abrams as, as a director, regardless of Star Wars, like, he's a big name. Ryan Johnson is an incredible filmmaker. Like, say what you will about Last Jedi, but that movie was gorgeous. It was yeah. beautifully shot. Despite, there were a lot of really cool parts. Yeah. So, like, it's not like she bad people she just you know it they weren't the right fit and they didn't plan it yeah well, there, there wasn't there's that but the, it just it wasn't a right mix of directors they're all talented but they didn't mix t- together well there was an overarching storyline and there was no plan there was yeah. they i mean they and they like these changed stuff last minute because the fans found out about it yeah but i mean it is what it is. We got what we got, and it's it, it is what it is. And the Mandalorian is amazing. Yeah, and everything we're gonna get after this is gonna be good because, like, you're reading High Rep- uh, or the Light of the Jedi right now. I've already finished that book, and they they chose a time period that is kind of pretty untouched by the old EU, mm-hmm. which gives them all this creative freedom, and they've yeah. done a phenomenal job with it, and it's going to bridge that gap between what the Jedi were before the prequels, uh, before they got drastically dogmatic. 
that whole thing is really cool. And I think at some point we will get Old Republic. Will there be someone named Revan? Maybe. Will there be a character like Revan? Absolutely. That we're going to get that stuff. I feel like that would be I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, we're going to get that stuff because it is it's kind of a no fail, uh, no brainer type of thing to do. Like you're you're gonna make tons of money off of it. There is tons of source material for it, which granted there's tons of source material for everything, Star Wars, but anyways, this is something everyone agrees is amazing. I, I see us getting it, something like that. I don't see us getting the old EU, and I don't really want it. Like There's I definitely love certain parts where, I mean, they would be probably, I'm going to say foolish to mess around with too much. Like, Revan, like they don't, you don't need to mess around with Revan's story or anything really at all. No. And but- I'm hoping that the High Republic is going to be, like, a good segue for them to be able to go back further into something like that. I, I think it will be like, cause I think we have a lot of questions of how the Jedi became like this before their fall. And I think that's why they chose to do the high Republic was to explain that. And then we're going to go to a new time period. Maybe it's way after the sequel trilogy. Maybe it's way before the prequel trilogy. I, I think we're going to see the old Republic at some point. That would be super dope. I hope they. I kind of hope they just do like the the cinematic trailers, like they did for the Star Wars Old Republic MMO game. Yeah, because those were dope. I mean, I go, you know, I'll go back and watch all those once every few years. Yeah, just because they're so cool, you know. Yeah, it's like almost an hour's worth of just awesome Star Wars content. Yeah, really, really well done. I mean, what do we love? Lightsabers, Force wielders, Mandalorians, Mandalorians what has all those things and they're all going at it the old republic yeah yeah so, so it makes sense it does make sense i think so at least but i don't know yeah anyways we kind of got off topic there we did do you have anything else because i i'm pretty much i'm pretty um much yeah i don't really have anything else um i mean just a couple of things like I don't know. We got we got so off topic. I don't really want to go have to backtrack right now. Well, that's pretty much it, folks. Um, I guess we're going to roll the credits. Maybe, maybe not. If you want to talk to us about Star Wars, or tell us we're wrong, or if you have some other random reason to contact us, you can find the pod on Twitter and Instagram at Only Hope Podcast. You can find me personally on Twitter or Instagram at the Braxycad. And you can find me at j.r.cash on Instagram. We're definitely talking Star Wars with you guys. I'm definitely down. Hayden's definitely always down. For sure. 